Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Right. How many of you have been enjoying the Wisdom for Living series? Have you been learning something? Alright, make sure your phones are turned off. Okay, let me see. What, what did we talk about on Wednesday? What did we talk about on Wednesday? Look at your notes. What did we talk about on Wednesday? We talked about two. What? Sorry? Till your land. Alright. What did you learn from what we talked about on Wednesday? They're very quiet. Don't waste time on useless projects. How many of you were in church on, on Wednesday? <clears throat> Let me see your hands. Okay. Alright. So those of you that were in church, what did you pick? What did you learn? I didn't hear you. You have to identify what land to till. Alright? Someone else? A faithful man does not chase a vain dream. I, I'm just wondering, do you go over these notes again? you go over them again? I didn't hear you. <laughs> no? Do you go over them again? Do you read them again? Alright. But I hope they are blessing your life. I, I surely hope so. Alright. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Alright, so I, I want to deal with something this morning. We cannot talk about wisdom for living without touching the issue of money. So this morning I want to talk about wisdom for money matters. Wisdom for money matters. I want to really plead with you. Like Paul would say, I beseech you, brethren, therefore by the message of God. I want to really plead with you that you should take these lessons to heart. Uh, study them. Alright? Study them. Go over the notes again. And make them part of your life. They will change your life. They will absolutely change your life. So as you document those things, don't just throw them away. Don't just put them aside. Go over them. Spend time meditating on them. What the Lord will do is that the Holy Spirit will take words from the things I'm teaching... And begin to amplify them in your life. And where you need to make corrections, you will make that correction and your life will just get better for it. So, when we look at the subject of money, we realize that our culture, even our friends and our family, gives us conflicting messages where money is concerned. Alright? To some people, especially if you live in a culture as ours, 
Money is power. Money is power. To some others, money is like a curse. They were okay until they had money. Have you, have you seen people like that? Are you, are you here this morning? Alright. Huh? They had money. You know, some people were good until they had money and money became a curse to them. Some other feels that money corrupts. Other feels that once you have money, you're made. So there are several expressions given to money. And most of this is not from the Word of God. Most of this is from the society. For instance, if you live in a society like ours, uh, and, and, and you have money, there is a way people would respect you. Even if you're foolish. Are you following that? Yeah, so people, people in our society put a lot of respect on money. Now, when you grow up in a society like that, you generally would have that perception about money. Your, your primary motivation for having money would not be for what money can do. Your primary motivation for having money would be for respect. And you'd realize that if you live in a society like ours, and there is a, a bit of quarrel in the home, the first thing the man will say is, it's because I don't have money. If I had money, will you open your mouth and talk to me like that? How many of you, not, I don't want to say how many of you have heard that. So that we wouldn't know it's your husband that said that. But how many of you know what I'm saying is true? Because we always feel that once there is money, the woman will be submissive. If you ask a lot of people here today why they are not married, they will tell you they don't have money. You see them? They'll tell you they don't have money. But that's not true. Because those who don't have money have girlfriends and relationships they have been attending to diligently for the past five years. And I'll always say this. You can prove me wrong. It's cheaper to take care of a wife than to take care of a girlfriend. I've always believed that. So I saved my money very cautiously not to make wrong investments. You now invest in a lady, invest in a lady. You take her to promise, buy shawarma, buy this, buy this. Hundreds of thousands are gone. Then when you now want to marry finally, you say, you people are not compatible. What about the money spent? So sometimes people stay in bad relationships because they have invested money before they invested sense. Alright? So you just look at yourself. Ah, and I've spent money, and I've spent money, and I've spent money. So, and they know that thing will not work. So, you know. But, that's it. Uh, so, even if you don't have a, a lot of money, there's a way you feel about yourself. You, you, so, it's, it's, it's because it's shade. It's, it's, it's societal. Maybe in a developed country, you wouldn't feel that way because there's no much respect for money. They would respect your talent. They would respect your... Your intellect, the respect what you bring to the table. Some of the most intelligent people in this world are not the wealthiest. Some of the inventors in this world are not even the wealthiest. But a society that places value on creativity and academics would value intellectual people. A society that places value on money will just value rich people regardless of how they got their money. Now... Why I say all of this, it's important for us to understand that unconsciously, even the, even the body of Christ have bought into that 
mindset. Unconsciously, even Christians, we've allowed society to define our life by that. So I'll tell you something. Uh, if I start a church now and I don't have a car, people would say I have not made it. Do you think so? You don't think so? Oh, they'll say this pastor has not made it. Because their definition of making it is that if I'm a successful pastor, I should have a car. So if I go to a pastor's conference and I come down on a bike, they might likely not put me in a, in a front seat. But if I come, you know, I look for some heavy-bodied men like, like Levi and Inyobong. Eh? All these guys here, they are too small. They won't serve that purpose. I got a lot of short guys. I need to start believing God for some hefty men so that by the time we make it, we'll have enough bodyguard. Eh? And make them wear black, black suits. Make them wear black shade, even though they are in the house. Alright? And I come with a Lexus. 20, 20 edition. Hmm? Even though I'm misinterpreting scriptures, they'll put me in the front seat. Even though I'm misinterpreting scriptures, I can open John 3 6 and say, God told me this scripture is not about redemption. This thing is a mystery. Say, hi! I've never seen it like that. It's not that they've never seen it like that. It's the car and the people wearing suits that's confusing them. That's why a missionary who is laboring in a village trying to bring people from idolatry to Christ is not honored. But if you see a man, money, talking about money, sometimes we respect pastors just because they have the fame and the crowd and the money. It's not because what they teach is true. So it shapes us. Sometimes it's covered that leadership in church is based on who has money. Eh? So once a man has money, he's quickly app appointed. Because that's a way to tie You know, people say give him position to tie him down. <laughs> and so you have some wealthy people who've got positions. We are allowing the world to shape our perception of money. And so I'll share a few things with you. There's a, a very funny prayer in the book of Proverbs. I don't know if you've read it. The words of Agur. Um, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7 to 9. Very funny prayer. But then I'll just share basic wisdom with you concerning finances and we'll see how the Lord will help us. Proverbs chapter 30. <laughs> the first time I read this prayer, I was like, you know, 30 verse 7 to 9. I was, why did this man pray this way? Proverbs chapter 30, 3-0 and verse 7 to 9. I was, I was wondering, that why did the man pray this prayer? Look at this prayer. Two things I ask of you. Alright? Do not refuse me before I die. <laughs> Keep deception and lies far from me. This is a very good prayer to pray. See this line there? You prayed. Many people are self-deceived. And many people deceive themselves. So you keep deception and lies far from me. Then this is the one I like. Not that I like it like that, but I like it a bit. It says, give me neither poverty nor riches. The man was not, he said, I just want two things. Keep deception. 
You know, the Bible is a beautiful book. If you take time to study it, you will enjoy it. You know, when people sometimes say, I don't enjoy reading the Bible, I wonder. There are a lot of beautiful things here you can learn. A lot of stories. You know, sometimes, when I just want to read stories, I'm not studying. I just want to read stories. Right? I just go and read Second Chronicles, First Chronicles. I read Judges. I read Joshua. I just enjoy the story. Just enjoy the whole story. I'm reading Joshua and I'm just enjoying the story. I'm not reading to study or anything, but just enjoying the story. There are a lot of beautiful things in the Bible. This is one of them. The man says, see, don't give me poverty. And don't give me riches. And then he tells God why. You know, most times when people tell this, including my kids and people that work with me, they say, uh, maybe I don't want to do this. And I say, why? You must have a reason. And sometimes people say, I don't have any reason. You should. You're not a robot. You've got a brain. There should be a reason for anything. And he gives God the reason. Look at the reason he tells God. He says, feed me with the food that is my portion. Nine, that I may not be full and deny you. And say, who is the Lord? The man said, if I have a lot of money, I will start asking, who is the Lord? <laughs> he said, so don't give me a lot of money. And, and you see, what he said is true. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, the Bible says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, lest you say, the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. You see, the more prosperous you are, the more you deny God. So, to prosper and remember God is wisdom. Most rich people don't remember God. The way they talk, you realize they don't remember God. And you that is trusting God to be wealthy, you also have to remember this scripture. Because there is a way you would have money. You say, who is the Lord? You might not say it from your mouth, but your actions will tell. You just plan your life. You don't pray anymore. Are you following this? Come on, are you here? Then he tells God why he doesn't want to be poor. He says, or that... I not be in want and steal and profane the name of God. He says, so I don't want to be poor so that when I steal, I will not embarrass you. So he just tells God, hey, do two things for me. Number one, keep me from deception. Number two, just give me what is okay for me. I don't want to steal and go and embarrass you. I don't want to be rich and deny your name. <laughs> Amazing. And I'm sure the Lord answered him. But you know why I like him? He was honest in his prayers. You remember one of the things he said was keep deception away from me. He himself did not deceive himself. There are many of us here now that say, Oh, if God bless me, I know what I will do for God. It's self-deception. The one you already have, what have you done? You don't get generous by having more money. You get generous by having a generous heart. So generally, money is an amplifier. Money amplifies what you already are. For instance, I'm speaking into this microphone right now. And there is an amplifier in the media room. Now, pay attention to this. The amplifier in the media room does not amplify what I have not said. Are you, I, I, am I right? What the amplifier will amplify is what? Whatever I'm saying is what they... So the amplifier is just to make whatever I'm saying louder so that more people can hear. 
That's what money does. Money does not change people. Money amplifies what is already in their life. Some people are too poor to commit the kind of sins they want to commit. So when they have money and they start to say, oh, this man has changed. No, that man hasn't changed. He now could pay for those sins. He can now pay for that lifestyle. Maybe you have a man who doesn't want to go out. You think he doesn't want to go out. He doesn't have. So, the truth of the matter is, it is, what you, it is who you are. So, if you have someone who is passionate about the kingdom, when he has money, what is going to happen? The kingdom will benefit. It doesn't start from when the man has money. It starts from his heart. So, money will take your form. Who you are is what the money you have will become. That's how you realize that, for instance, uh, let's, yeah, let's use ladies, for example. If a lady is passionate, there are ladies who are passionate about many things. You know, some, some ladies are passionate about shoes. Some are passionate about bags. Some are passionate about clothes. Well, there's a general passion that covers these three. But we're talking about extra passion now. All right? And there are some men who are, I don't know what, there are men who are passionate about cars, some wristwatches, some all kinds of stuff. When those people have money, maybe you go to their wardrobe, the ones that are passionate about shoes, you could see a lineup of shoes, right? The, the money reflects their passion. And then, for someone who is passionate about uh, bags, you see a lot of bags. So, when money comes into your life, it will reflect in your passion. Your passion will reflect where that money is going into. Are you following this now? So a man, if a man says, I'm passionate about the kingdom of God, you've got to watch. Is his finances reflecting that? All right. So, uh, but I don't advise you to, to pray this prayer of this man. Uh, rather, I'll say, make a hard adjustment and trust God to bless you. That you can handle wealth in the kingdom way. And not forget God, but remember God and use it to be of a blessing. Okay. Number one. Some wisdom tips about money. Wisdom for money matters from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 to 10. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 to 10. So I'm going to just show you a few things about... And you know, Solomon was, the, was not just the wisest. Solomon was a very rich king. In fact, the scripture says in the days of Solomon, silver was nothing in the whole of Israel. Uh, the prosperity of Solomon affected... The economy of Israel was rich. But remember how Solomon became rich? He asked the Lord for what? Wisdom. Do you remember the Lord did not ask, sorry, do you remember Solomon did not ask the Lord for riches? What did he ask the Lord for? That's what this man should have asked God for. He shouldn't have told God, give me my small portion of food. He should have asked God for wisdom. And no matter how wealthy you are, if you have the wisdom of God, you'll be able to manage that wisdom. Praise God. Now, Proverbs 3 verse 9. <clears throat> Honor the Lord from your wealth. Can, do you have the amplified version? Let's see. There's something I'm looking for there. Now, this is very important. Because we're talking about wisdom from, for, for money matters. Look at the amplified version. Everybody look at it. Can you see it? Can we all see it? 
Alright, I want us to read it loud and clear. There's something I want to pay attention to there. Everybody, let's read it one to go. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency. From what? Righteous labors. Let's stop there. Uh, when we say honor the Lord with your income, it is not from unrighteous labels. Giving tithes from Yahoo Yahoo doesn't mean the, the other money is clean. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A Christian honors the Lord from righteous labels. You can't steal from your employees and tithes and expect the blessing of the Lord. When, the Lord, when Cain and Abel brought the offering to the Lord, the, the Lord says, I rejected you and your offerings. He didn't say, I rejected your offerings and you. It's you first before your offerings. God rejected him first before his offerings. So as much as giving to the Lord is important, you cannot give to the Lord from stolen money. Because there are people who would say, oh, you know, it doesn't matter how you get the money. As far as you give God his own, the rest is clean. Give God the first fruit, then the 99, the 90 are holy. No. You can honor the Lord from something that is done illegally. It's not honor. And we, we have to be clear about that. Are you following this? So, we can now continue. Knowing that whatever you're bringing is from righteous labors. And with the first fruits of all your income. Let's go to verse 10. It says, So shall your storage places be filled with plenty, and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. What's the first wisdom that the Lord gives to us? Proverbs chapter 3, just the beginning of Proverbs. Solomon teaches us to honor the Lord with our finances. I know sometimes there have been a lot of abuse where money is concerned regarding the church. But an abuse of, and I was thinking about it yesterday, every single subject in the body of Christ have been abused. There are people who have abused speaking in tongues, water baptism and all kinds. But you see, money is a very touchy subject, but it doesn't stop us from teaching the truth of God's word. Not honoring the Lord with your finances is not wisdom. It's not wisdom. It's not wisdom. The first place to apply wisdom is to honor God. And it's an act of faith. It's an act of honor. It's not the amount. It's the heart. That when your income comes, you take out that which belongs to God. You separate it and give it to the Lord. And trust Him that He will make your bands overflow. It's wisdom to honor the Lord with your income. Are you here? Let me tell you this. Of all the monies we try to save and keep for ourselves and use for ourselves, I always ask, how much progress have we made? How much of our life's problems have we solved? How far have we gone? So, uh, wisdom means that you honor the Lord. You give Him your first fruits. You give Him your first income. You, you, you honor Him. 
And giving your first fruit doesn't mean you give the whole of your January salary. If you want to do that, that's fine. But that's not what I'm teaching. What I'm teaching is that ability to honor God every time an income comes into your life. And you do that as an act of faith and you trust God. It's wisdom to get God involved in your finances. Are you following this? It's wisdom. I am never a preacher that's big on money and talk about money all the time. Because I absolutely believe that your financial journey is a personal thing. You teach people the truth of God's word. But for your own life, you have to practice those principles. I practice them. The local church, we lead practice them. The ministry practice them. And we get the results. The Lord blesses us. Because we act on His Word. This is not just about the preacher. This is not just about the pastor. This is about God's wisdom for your own life. One of the first things I teach my kids is to separate the tithe. Teach them the power of separating the tithe and giving to the Lord. We've had projects in church where our kids will take all what they have in their piggy bank, saving bank, and just give it. Just teach them. It's the way to go. Honoring God. Yesterday my son was to go to lesson and then they got the teenage stuff here. And he, he came up, he was like, I don't know what to do. I want to go to the lesson for my exams and I want to also come for the teenage meeting. I said, it's easy. Matthew 6.33 Seek you first the kingdom of God and every other thing shall be added unto you. I said, any time in your life you have a decision to make between the kingdom of God and something for yourself, put the kingdom of God first and trust God that God will take care of you. You don't have to, you don't have to crack your head about it. You act on the word every time. And I told him, acting on the word does not automatically mean they will cancel that lesson. It doesn't automatically mean you might just pass the exam because you didn't go to the lesson. Acting on the word sometimes might look like a setback. But if you stand on the word of God, you never fail. That's how easy it is to live the life. You shouldn't, have, you shouldn't be in a place in your life where you are now negotiating the tide with God or negotiating giving with God. Say, God, let me borrow this one first and buy, and buy a yam. In the next month, we will see. Then next month, you can your account. Say, Father, remember February, I, bring, I brought balance to... And, and you're doing your tithe. <laughs> it's almost like you're negotiating with God. And this is not about paying the mafia boss off so that the devourer will not come. You know, there's a way we approach tithe like that. Ah, this is your money. Let my car not spoil before my battery will not own. <laughs> I've given you... You know, you know it, 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 that's not honor. That's not honor. Do you understand that? It's not paying the mafia boss off. You understand that now? <laughs> That's not the relationship God wants. God wants you to bring it out of a heart of love. Out of honoring Him and trusting God that your bands will overflow. Somebody say, I'll honor the Lord financially. Because the, the verse 5 before that verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. It says that in verse 5. Before it tells you in verse 9 to honor the Lord. Because honoring the Lord is not leaning on your own understanding. But rather it is what? Trusting the Lord with all your heart. Number two. So number one. Learn to honor the Lord financially. Learn it. 
Learn it. Number two, build wealth slowly. I want everybody to say that. Say, I will build my wealth slowly. Mm-hmm. Because this is a instant generation. Eh? Everybody wants to hammer. Eh? Quickly. Now. Build wealth slowly. Let me, let me explain this to you. When it comes to wealth, always think long term. And let me tell you this, right? I, I, I really want to go through this message today. Let me tell you this, right? You are at a different stage in your life. Some of you came up from homes where your parents did not have enough. You might have to tell yourself that your whole life would be to lay foundation for your children and be comfortable with it. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You might just be... See, I'm not saying this. You might not be extremely rich in this world, but you would have laid the proper foundation for maybe your grandchildren to walk in extreme wealth. Be comfortable with your part in the equation. There are things I can do today that my dad couldn't do. There are things my dad could do that my grandparents can do. There are things my children would just naturally walk in. In fact, I had a very interesting scenario. <laughs> We're trying to teach something about Satan to, to my daughter. My, my wife was teaching that. Uh, so my wife told, told her, she's eight. So my wife told her, I said, when Satan, you know, fell, you know, Adam fell and all of that, Satan came in, people started suffering in the world. And that's why you find suffering in the world. And then she looks at my wife and says, but we're not suffering. <laughs> she, <laughs> she didn't understand it. She couldn't understand. She said, but we're not suffering. She has no clue. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? She has, no, she has no idea. You have to try to... So for her, you have to explain what suffering is. You have to explain that, okay, sometimes people go without food. Sometimes she... She, she doesn't understand it. She didn't grow up in that world. So for some, it is the world you are laying now that your children will grow up in. For some, it's your grandchildren. Now, what I'm trying to say is, think long term. Don't just think of yourself. If you think of yourself alone, you might corrupt yourself. I don't know if you follow my example. Think of your grandchildren and lay a foundation today because the foundation generation is always buried beyond the surface. So if you are a foundation generation, don't try to follow those whose parents have laid a proper foundation for them. You'll be competing against the wrong set of people. You know, life is not competition. But in your mind... This one, his father went to school, sent him to a good school. You struggled for a four-year course because you couldn't buy a textbook. You did it for eight years. By the time people were going for youth service, you have collected exemption later because you have passed the age. You managed to get a job. Don't live like someone whose parents laid all of that foundation. Am I giving you perspective this morning? Understand, this my generation is preparing the ground for the future generation. And so, I'm patient with myself. Can I send my children to go and school abroad now? I can't. Are you following what I'm saying? 
Because if I won't send my children to go and school abroad with my faith, I'll have to still sell tomatoes in the morning. Maybe by this morning, I would have quickly rushed to Agaja Market to make something before I come and preach to you. Will my son be able to send his son to school? Most likely. What am I trying to say? Every generation would have what they have built that the next generation can do what? Lay upon. Recognize your generation and be at peace. For some of you, you are the first generation to break poverty from your family. So you break it with care, lest you be broken. You just make sure that this one is escaped. Let me escape first, so that I'm not a consign. And then from there, you build. And then from there, they take it off. Think of wealth long term. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Proverbs 13, verse 11. I know God can perform 24-hour miracle. I know God can do it. Jehovah sharp, sharp. But think of wealth long term. <laughs> you know, I heard somebody say Jehovah sharp, sharp. I was like, <laughs> which version is this? Wealth obtained by fraud dwindles. But the one who gathers by labor increases it. Gather by labor. You gather here, you gather there. Always think long term. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think long term. Don't be in a hurry. If you gather by fraud, it will dwindle. It will go away. You see, listen to me, saints of God. These are spiritual laws. Forget it. There is nobody who is gathering by fraud whose wealth will not dwindle. God's word says it. If you go and read the book of Psalms, David said at a point in his life, he was envious of the prosperity of the wicked. He said he was envious. David said it. He says, until God showed him their end. God thinks long term. That's why in my life, I'm never in a hurry. I'm never in a hurry. I'm never. I don't worry about anything. Because life on the long term is stable. Praise God. Wealth obtained by fraud dwindles. But the one who gathers by labor increases it. Dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever, NIV, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Everybody say little by little. Have that perspective towards money. That's why a lot of people lose money. They want to get money quickly. Money was not designed to come that way. Little by little. Just grow every year. Take a step. Every, as you're listening to me, listen to me carefully this morning. You can break the yoke of poverty over your home. You can break it off. You can decide. I'll be the next generation that will not work this way. You know, when people talk about generational curses and all of that, and generational poverty, it's generations that have uh, poverty that have crossed many generations. You can put a, a stop to it. By the way you live. But if you are in a hurry to stop it, you will still carry it over. Hmm? Even when you go to medical science, uh, they don't treat chronic diseases like that. You don't say, okay, somebody has a very chronic disease. They say, okay, we are going to end that disease today. They don't do that. Huh? Or you don't know? Hmm? Or they say, oh, we want to perform surgery. You just come, so you, ah, we are, we are, we are, lie down, lie down, lie down, we don't have time. 
<laughs> Imagine you go to the hospital and you didn't want to perform surgery. Then the doctor goes, Oh, yeah, lie down, lie down, lie down. I'm in a hurry. We have to. Uh, he said, Hold on. He said, No, my friend, lie down. We have to cut this. <laughs> no. People are prepared for surgery. Even if you don't have surgery in the hospital, they'll prepare you, they'll wear you your uniform. All right? <laughs> huh? They will now check you, do all the nurses will come, attend to you. They will now give you something to make you sleep. Maybe the first dose is not enough. They thought you are sleeping and then they touch your legs. They say, hello. <laughs> then they give you again and they get you ready. And then the, the, the surgeon comes and performs whatever surgery. Then after the surgery, you don't just get up and say, ah, thank you. Thank you. Can I go now? You don't do that. You relax. They will now take care of you again. And you, you come back to the hospital. You know, if you were stitched, okay, they don't do that anymore. They've improved on the stitches, but then they'll come back. They say they'll come back and remove the stitches. Am I right? It's time. Think like that. Don't be in a hurry to be rich. You will end up poor. This you're chasing after wealth. It's not the way that money was designed to go. Proverbs 28, verse 20. Proverbs 28, verse 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings. But he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. He will not go unpunished. You realize, and, and I say this with all, all respect, but if a lot of the wealthy people in this nation, their wealth is investigated, let's say we live in a place where the laws are followed properly, most people who are rich will not be rich. Because this is somewhere people will be rich and you don't know what company they do what company they have and what they do. Are you following this? Proverbs chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. But they lie in their in wait for their own blood. They ambush their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who gains by violence. It takes away the life of its possessors. If you gain by violence, it will take away your own life. Hmm? Learn these things. You see, let me tell you something. Free yourself from this pressure that is outside there in the world. Free yourself from it. Give yourself peace of mind in anything you're doing. That's why for, for my young single people, when you're getting married, have this conversation. What is the perspective of the person you're marrying concerning wealth, concerning these things? So that you don't, you're not under unnecessary pressure. You see, a young man that should get married, he said he doesn't have money. It's not that he does not have money. It's just that the kind of wedding he wants to do, he doesn't have the money for that type. But if he really wants to get married, when there was COVID, he would have gotten married. So, God is gathering his 50 people. You know, it's because of this COVID thing. Oh, we would if, I was, if I wasn't married, that pandemic would have been a beautiful time to just get married. 50 people. It's not your fault. It's, it's the virus. But no, you want to block the streets. You want to close the ground. You want to block heaven and earth. Huh? Oh, you must feed people. You must feed people. Did they come from their house hungry? I've always been this way. 
I remember during my wedding, uh, we, we talked about the amount we wanted to, people wanted to feed. And then my mom came and said, oh, wow, these my people. I said, they are not in that number. He said, so what will happen? I said, they are not in it. It's not what will happen. They are not in the number. So tell them to eat before they, they come. He said, ah, she said, no, ah, they have to eat. I said, you have to feed them. So I gave her a specific number of invitations. This is for your people. These are the ones that I... This, <laughs> my mom went to photocopy that invitation. <laughs> then I told her, and she, my mom knows. Everybody around me knows. And I told her, I said, listen, these are the number of people who will feed. And once this number is end, those other people will be hungry. She went and had her own cooking place and fed her own people. Would they have been hungry? Yes. Would I feel bad about it? No. And what will they say? I won't hear. And if I heard, it won't bother me. I'm the one getting married. I'm the one you're supposed to rejoice with. I'm the one you're supposed to come and celebrate with. There is a way you set your life. Pressure cannot find itself around you. I'm telling you. Oh, what will people say? There is, even if you decide that for your wedding, everybody will go with a cow. Everybody that came will go with a cow. They will say, ah, how can he give people life cow? They will just give cow. How does he expect me to take it home? They cannot kill it. I'm telling you. That they say, how will you give them that? Where do you expect them to put cow? They'll be angry that you gave them life. There is nothing you do for people that would satisfy them. So you start from what is comfortable with you. <laughs> Funny story, I don't know why I'm saying this. Maybe it's helping someone. Huh? When I had to go get married, my younger sister, everybody said, I said, these two cars I have. They said, where we went? I said, don't worry. That's why we're going to go and do the traditional marriage. We're bringing the wife home. When she comes, you will see. <laughs> There's no law in this life that says that when you are getting married, the whole of your family must go. That's why they have representatives. Is it not your wife? You know, some people do things as if once they finish this thing, everybody will just die. They, we will come home. We've been married for 14 years. You have been seen, you will see the person. That's why we're going to bring her. It's not lack of money that is keeping you from getting married. It's the pressure of society. If you are ready, you will get married. Some of you that have not paid your wife's... Uh, let's touch on that matter briefly. <laughs> Some of you that have not paid your wife's bride price, it's not that you don't have money. You know. And God knows. And your wife knows. It's only you that is deceiving yourself. So that should be your goal this year. Forget about any other goal. That should be your only goal. It's not lack of money. Ah, once I just get this job, once, I, once that job comes, you now remember a TV. That your bride price money is what you are watching. Both of you sit down, you are watching your bride price every day. Color TV, using it to watch African Nations Cup. And you say, oh, we don't have money. That's your, that's your bride price there. Go and sell that thing. Number three. You can build wealth quietly. 
you can build wealth quietly. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, 13 and verse 7. We talked about this one, talked about the wisdom of a serpent. Build wealth quietly. I like this one. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 7. Proverbs 13 and verse 7. It says, There is one who pretends to be rich, <laughs> but has nothing. Ah, don't forget this verse. Don't forget this verse. They pretend to be rich, but has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, but has great wealth. This is the wisdom of the serpent. Pretend to be rich, nothing. Hmm? Expensive phones, expensive shoes, and they have not paid for it. You, you know, how people feel comfortable wearing clothes they have not paid for is, is, an, is a grace that I don't understand. The shirt you are wearing now, you have not finished paying for it. And you are collecting more. We'll talk about debt. Eh? You must detest debt with your, with, your heart, with your life. There are things you should not borrow for. You are not wearing shoes you have not paid for. And you are bouncing. Look at this. You pretend to be rich, but nothing. While another pretends to be poor, yet he has great wealth. Most wealthy people that got their wealth genuinely are the most humble and simple people. But you see a young man who just got a job of 30,000. You would know that the man just got a job. He would come to church late. Say, sit down here. Say, no. Go and buy a big phone. Go and buy a phone. And buy this one. Buy that one. Hmm? Go and rent a big house. Buy a bigger TV. Everything just go up. Then they drop him back to square one. It's not wisdom. Learn. You might you can pretend to be poor and yet you're wealthy. Hmm? And meanwhile, you can pretend to be rich and you have nothing. Be calm. Relax. You know, very many times when you're growing up, you want to have more clothes, you want to have more shoes. As you grow up and you have these things, you realize that you are repeating one shirt. <laughs> it's pretense to be rich. So that pretend to be rich. It's like us, our nation. Hmm? You know, we pretend like we have a lot of money. We know we're poor. Oh, you don't know Nigeria is poor? Oh, you think we're rich? Oh, we're poor. If you fly to Kigali, the airport in Kigali is small. It's a small, small airport. It's not even as big as Podakot Airport. Small airport, but functional, neat, clean, solid. Just go to the international airport in Podakot. You tell you, you crack out your bag there. 
can just be the airport light to just go up. Where light has gone off? Sweating. We pretend to be rich. The number of potholes in our road are competing with the number of citizens. It's poverty, but we pretend to be ah, Nigeria, don't play with us. Hey, hey, hey. We pretend we are going to win matches in African Nations Cup. Now, don't think that is a serious country. Just pretend. Nice Jesse. Hmm? Poor. We own pensioners, own people who serve the government, own police force. When they mention her name, hey, black nation in Africa, hey, 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 pretend to be rich, but very poor. And you see other nations that are quiet, European nations, quiet, have assets. Every project we're building, we're borrowing. Every project we're borrowing. Every project we're borrowing. Every, who we pay those money? Hmm? We have a mindset. We can always take loan to do something. Governments owing. National government owing, local government owing, everybody's owing. It's a pretense to be rich, but it is poverty. Hmm? You want to launch airline logo? Millions of naira to launch airline. The idea is we are not flying again. You have now we have logo and name, no plane. A whole nation. That's what. <laughs> that's the wisdom. Of the nation. You know, these things will make you know that you have to be diligent about your life because this country has no plan for you. Nobody's thinking about you. So you have to, that's the more reason. You have to tell yourself, I have to attend school of wisdom. Because it is when we become wise and the Lord gives us the ability to get into those places that we can change because you see a nation without a plan, without a direction, without a vision. It's clear there's no vision. Are you still here? Number four. Put the, the pursuit of wealth in its appropriate place. Put the pursuit of wealth in its appropriate place. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 4 to 5. Proverbs 23 verse 4 to 5. Are you learning something? Do not, worry your, do not weary yourself, sorry. Do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. When you set your eyes on it, it is gone. For wealth certainly makes itself wings like an eagle that flies towards the heaven. He says this thing about wearying yourself, killing yourself to have money. He says don't do it. Don't set your eyes on it. What if I had time to execute this verse, I'll tell you that. What he's trying to say is, listen, do something that will make money follow you. You shouldn't follow money. Don't set your eyes on it. Think of creating value. I would create value. And money would do what? Would follow that value. But if you chase money, it'll, you, know, you chase it this way. You chase it that way. You chase it before you know. It'll set his eyes. It'll set his wings and fly towards heaven. Say, don't weary yourself. Go back to the other verse from me, verse 4. Don't weary yourself. Don't kill yourself trying to get wealth. Don't weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. Huh? I want to be rich. I want to be rich. I want to be rich. Only you. You are doing six jobs. Because they say work hard. You now kill yourself. You, ca- you can't sleep again. Hmm? It's when you're on the bike, you are sleeping. And you know that there are potholes on the road. 
and then you are sleeping. Work morning, work afternoon, work. <laughs> you will kill yourself. And you know, our culture is so funny. Immediately you are dead. Why you are still in the mortuary? So there's something that in this uh, uh, barrier we are planning about. There's something we have not touched. It's property. And so we are going to touch it so that there's no problem. <laughs> they, are, they are looking for ways to divide the money. Yeah? Weary yourself. Because hmm? we, we have a culture that is that scavengers are waiting for death. When you see the way our culture makes people fight over the properties of individuals, you will ask yourself, were they wishing this person to be dead before? Weary yourself. Don't destroy your health looking for money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think long term. Proverbs 28 verse 22. You know, you know, when we read about this, it's sometimes like see you're just speaking. You remember when Jesus was teaching? Huh? He was teaching. One guy raised his hands. Excuse me, sir, I have a question. Excuse me, sir, I have a question. They said, <laughs> the man said, please, uh, I thank you for teaching us about the kingdom. We want to bless God for your teaching ministry. But there's something that is bothering me as you are teaching. Say, what is it? Say, can you please come and divide our inheritance? The man, Jesus was teaching. The man was thinking about, ah, the only person that I trust to divide this thing equally is this man that is teaching. He was not paying attention to what Jesus was teaching. He was, the message. He, was not, he was not ready for salvation. The man did not care about going to heaven. Nothing Jesus was saying mattered to him. He just saw the integrity of Jesus and remembered that somebody had died. This thing needs to be divided. This man is, ah, this man is white. He says, excuse me, sir. I mean, you, I mean, imagine Jesus teaching. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God teaching and somebody's concern is division of properties. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know that want will come upon him. Don't hasten after wealth. Hmm? Don't make money decisions. Everything in this life is not with money. Sometimes that's what has separated families. Hmm? Money. You want to make more money. Wife is here. Husband is here. Even the dog is not at home. I mean, the dog is walking somewhere because it has to feed. Eh? Say, oh, I was just trying to make ends meet. After many years, have, it's only God that can make the ends meet in your life. When you say this, oh, it's because you're a pastor. Oh, <laughs> I laugh. As I work in this ministry with no salary, yeah, the ministry couldn't pay me. My dad told me, you can ask him when you meet him. He said, you are my first son. I can't allow you be me. I know God has called you. Go and look for a job. And I know God has called me full time. So I told him, sure. I said, okay. if I don't work here, I'll go work somewhere else. But I know I need to be in full time ministry. We started working in this ministry, no salary. There was nothing. My wife's salary was 4,500. It's 2007. So it's not like 1942. Before you think I'm 72 years old. <laughs> 2007, my wife was earning 4,500. 2010, they were about 7, 8, yeah, about 8 or 9, they increased to 7,500. Somebody said, How were you surviving? Just shall live by faith. 
I didn't walk, I didn't start walking into uh, for the first eight years I walked under my dad, no salary. I planted this church first two years, two, three years, there was no salary. Maybe after the third year or the fourth year, I started earning salary. But you think if I was pursuing money, I would be in the ministry. I'm not dull. I think you should know that I'm not dull. But you think I'm, I am? Or is lack of employment? Am I saying, no. Find out God's plan for your life and follow that plan. The money will follow. Fast forward 14, 15 years down the line. You now ask my daughter, then she, she tells you she's not suffering. When we had carries, I think I've told you this story. I'm going to finish this message in the second service. When we had carries, we couldn't buy napkins. Now they use pampas. So, you know, when I say we couldn't buy napkins, you knew that we didn't go close to the pampas shop. You, you understand what I'm trying to say? You know that there's something called pampas. You understand how it is. You know how good it is. But you know that between you and that pampas, there's a big gulf. You shouldn't cross. So we had white napkins. And we had only one, one or two sets. So my wife had to cut one of our clothes as rag to put in the napkin so that when, you know, carries goes to the toilet, we have to use that to preserve the purity of the napkin. That's how we came up. There was no debt, there was no borrowing, there was no even feeling sorry for ourselves. Why? Because thinking long term, we're not chasing after the money. You have to think that way. And if you start early, before you get to a set in your life, you would have paid the price. And see, that is something our generation doesn't want to. We cannot reinvent the wheels. We cannot rewrite the laws. Child of God, life takes time and it takes patience. We have to preach it from the pulpit again. This rush for wealth and eyes on money and oh, you've got to be a millionaire. Oh, and it's like if you don't have money, you're not a human being. It's not God's word. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to flourish. But there's a journey to it. There is a time to it. Praise God. I said, praise God. I've got to follow that. Let me, let me, let me get on to number five. Get on to number five. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach this over the two services. Alright? So you've, uh, I'm going to teach this because I still have like four things I want to deal with. So make sure you get the messages. So I'm going to teach the second part in the second service. So those in the first service will listen to this and make sure you just get the messages so you can follow. But, but I'll, I'll, I'll end here. Understand. Number five, right? Is it number five? All right, because we've got ten points. So I'll teach five in the second service. Number five, understand that there is such a thing as the blessing of the Lord. 
In all that we're going to teach, because I'll talk about savings, I'll talk about other things. Make sure you get the message, please. Understand that there is such a thing as what? The blessing of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The Bible says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he added what? No sorrow. Hey, child of God, child of God, there is something called the blessing of the Lord upon the life of a man. I remember, I told one of my staff, I said, you know what? This ministry will not be able to pay you so much. But if you hang around me long enough, the anointing of increase will come upon you. The blessing is on my life. It's the blessing that makes rich. There's a supernatural empowerment that can come on your life. That can break the shackles of poverty and set you on the path of increase. The Bible says it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. It, the word make simply means if you were not, it will construct you to become it. Glory to God. The blessing of the Lord. Wealth is not just with the natural mind. Wealth is not just with hard work. Are you following this? See, in as much as we want to do all the planning, all the saving, all the investments, may we not cut out the supernatural. There is a blessing of the Lord that can come upon the life of a man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We want to take this journey slowly. We want to take it long term. But we can't remove the blessing. The blessing of the Lord can make you rich. This is not spiritual riches. Physical riches. The blessing can come upon you. Just like it came upon Isaac. He dug and dug and dug. And the Lord made sure that what he planted had a hundredfold return on it. Caused it to flourish. God caused manner to come down in the wilderness. Caused meat to come down in the wilderness. God caused the blessing upon the life of Joseph. And regardless of how he was, he was put down, the Lord caused him to go up. The blessing was upon the life of Jacob. His wages were changed ten times. But the blessing was upon his life. How did the blessing manifest in his life? God gave him a vision of what to do. I believe God with you. That the blessing of the Lord will come upon your life. And you will prosper beyond your wildest imagination in the name of Jesus. The blessing. The blessing of the Lord. It makes rich. Everything in your life where wealth is concerned is not just going to be by your human imagination. There is the blessing. Can you stand on your faith? Thank you, Lord. We receive the blessing of God. Oh, we take a hold of it. We take a hold of the blessing. We break the yoke of poverty. We break the shackles of lack. We command in the name of Jesus that there is economic freedom for our people in the mighty name of Jesus. Lift your hands and worship the Lord for a moment. Oh, shakatala brando sheketin. Oh, zekatala man. Mamredo satala bayadadada. Make his face shine upon be gracious to the Lord. Come on, we release the blessing of God. We release the blessing of God. We release the blessing of God. We release the blessing of Jesus upon you. 
in the name of Jesus, I'd like you to lift your hands. And I want you to believe God. Listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to believe God. I have seen the Lord bless a man. My life is a testimony that is such a thing as the blessing. I've seen the Lord bless us. I've seen the Lord bless us. Praise God. You know, I share these testimonies to the glory of God. It's been 14 years. Someone who started pastoring without a salary. It's been 14 years. We've been in full-time ministry. And this is the car my wife got in December. It's the fourth car we're driving without having to be, to to buy one car. That's the fourth car. That's the blessing. That's the blessing. That's the blessing. Are you here? That's the blessing. Everything is not going to be by struggle. Everything is not going to be by struggle. And I release upon you today the grace for supernatural prosperity. That, that that line of poverty that you seem not to be able to cross by the wisdom of God and by the power of God you are breaking through that line in the name of Jesus you are going to the next phase of your wealth journey wisdom is released upon you the power of God is released upon you the grace of God is released upon you and I prophesy over you this morning whatever help whatever knowledge whatever circumstance is required to break through that line in the name of Jesus we cause it to come to you by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus may God raise help for you may God cause opportunities to come to you May you look back, yes, and look back to this meeting and say, from this meeting, something came upon me that set the course of my life to go forward. May the blessing of God come upon you. Lift your hands and just worship the Lord and thank Him. Oh, let's sing something. Lift your hands and just thank Him. Oh, lift your hands and just worship him. You, you know what the word Amen means? It means let it be so. Let it be so. We agree with the promise. We agree with the prophetic declarations. Yes. Every limitation that is holding you back, we take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Everything holding you in one spot, 
everything causing you to be stagnant with breakage yoke and its grip over you. We command liberty in the spirit for you by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will ride on the wings of this prophetic word. The name of Jesus. I believe God that from among you, God will raise financiers for not only this vision, for all the ministries, for all the pastors. Your children will know no suffering. Your grandchildren will know no suffering. The blessing of God will come upon you. The blessing of God will come upon you. The blessing of God will come upon you. And it will make you rich. It will prosper you. It will bless you. Something will shift in your generation. Something will shift in your future. Something will shift in your future. By the power of the Spirit of God. Your life will not be the same. But be massive chiefs in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe me when I speak these prophetic words over you. You will ride on the wings of this prophecy. You will ride on the wings of this prophecy. You will ride on the wings of this prophecy. You will ride on the wings of this prophecy. You will ride on the wings of this prophecy. You will ride on the wings of this prophecy. God will cause you to own your own homes. God will cause you to own your own firms. God will cause you to own your own vehicles. In the name of Jesus. You will not just watch people packing cars. You will pack yours. You will not just watch people building homes. You will build yours. You will not just watch people being able to pay their children's school fees. You will pay yours. By the power that's in the name of Jesus. That yoke of lack and stagnation is broken. Thank you, Father. Take a hold of it this morning. Because God is doing something. God is doing a quick work in your life. God is changing things. God is bringing you to the right people. Ah! Oh, God is bringing you to the right people. He's bringing you to the right people, church. God is bringing you to the right people. He's bringing you to the right people. The right people, the right people are coming your way to enhance your walk into the realms of equals. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.